Are we on? Ah, there we go. Beautiful. Good morning, everybody. I'll take it. All right. So we'll be praying over our tithes and offerings and giving this morning. And just a reminder that we have boxes on the back. We don't pass around a plate here, but that's where we'll be giving our giving. Okay. All right. So, Father, we thank you um, that as we look into this week, uh, as we're giving of ourselves, we're giving of our tithes and offerings, that we would be reminded um, of the freedom that you've given us, Jesus, that you've provided through your sacrifice, through coming here, becoming one of us, that you've given us a freedom in you, Jesus. Um, and I just pray as we look out towards this week and towards maybe this coming holiday season and all these things, um, that we wouldn't just see uh, the trials or we wouldn't just see the obstacles, but we would see you, Jesus, as uh, Paul tells us to look ahead and see your face. Um, that we wouldn't be bound in by all these things, whether it be financial worries, whether it be situational things, spiritual things, physical things. Um, we'd be freed from those things, Jesus, in you, uh, in your name. Amen. Praise God. Just a couple announcements here we'll share um, before we have some special guests with us today. We'll introduce them in a moment. Um, there will not be a fellowship meal today, as we had indicated at one point there would be, but we will be having one next Sunday, and that'll be a Don and Maria will be preparing a meal for us and their team, and... Uh, Let's see here. I do want to mention this also for next Sunday. Pastor Larry Dorman of Country Faith Church near Clearbrook will be bringing a message from the Word to us here. Uh, Pastor Larry, he is our True Bridge overseer for this northern area of Minnesota. And uh, some of you know him, some may not, but it'll be good to meet him again. And uh, he'll be here with us. We'll be teaching on understanding our covenant. We'll see God's redemptive purpose um, in both the Old and New Testaments and how we as Christians relate to the Old Testament scriptures. And we will be receiving an offering for him at the close of the service too next Sunday. So, and then we'll have a Thanksgiving service on November 24. Just a few things coming up. December 15, we'll have our Christmas story, and our Christmas service will be on December 22, just looking ahead. And then Tim mentioned uh, Bud Sorheim. We're lifting him in prayer. He's in the hospital. He was dealing with some pneumonia from issues from swallowing, and so we're lift keeping him lifted in prayer there. We'll continue to do that. Yes. Donna Carlson. Okay. 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 Yeah. Okay. Well, we, Lord, we do. We just live at these people before you right now in Jesus name and even as we were singing we look to you Lord we thank you for the help that we receive from doctors and nurses but we look to you as our healer in Jesus name we thank you for that amen and yes this morning we have some special guests with us Tyrone and Kim Clark and uh, we'll have you, I guess Tyrone is going to be sharing. Uh, why don't you stand up too, Kim, so we can greet you. Let's greet both of them here this morning. <clears throat> Tyrone, Tyrone is a Gideon, and he's going to be sharing with us this morning. And we can, we'll let you come up here to the Thank pulpit. You. and. Thank you um, for this moment. Um, I, I got to tell you that I am excited to be here. And 
you've made me even glad that I showed up this morning from the front door, from the greeting that I received, me and my wife and I, we received uh, up to this point, the music, um, that second song, having people break out and be free. Uh, we don't get to experience that in many churches nowadays. So just being able to see people just let loose and let go in God was just so refreshing. And I really, really appreciate that. So um, I, uh, to Pastor uh, Steve and the rest of the pastors, brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, I just want to take a moment to just give honor to God. God is the head of my life, uh, has been leading me. Even when I wasn't following him, he was still leading me. So I, I just give thanks to him for that. I want to give thanks to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the sacrifice he made for us, um, just so we can have eternal life with God, knowing the kind of people that we were going to be, the sinners that we were, the sinners that we are, and he gave his life anyway for us and to the Holy Spirit, which guides me daily. Thank you so much, uh, God, for, for just blessing all of us with, with the, those entities in our lives, Lord. Uh, thank you for allowing me to take the next few minutes to speak to you about the reason I am here. I, along with my wife, Kim, are here on the behalf of the Gideons International. It is our hope to, uh, to continue to share information about the Gideons mission and why we do what we do. As for me, personally, it is like being given a second opportunity being, uh, that was granted to me by God to share with others about Jesus Christ because that felt so many times in the past when I had an opportunity, I didn't bring Jesus into my conversation when I should have. But he's, he's given me a second chance to be able to do that. So for many of you who may go to doctor's office, dentist's offices, uh, even stay in a hotel, and you see, you open a drawer, whatever, you see a Bible that's in that drawer or, or in the dentist's office, whatever, the Gideons placed that Bible there. That's, that's one of the many things we do. But this is about the only way people can relate to us. They, they know about the hotel, the Bible's in the hotels, and, and that's how they connect with us. But we do many other things. Um, last year, the Gideons distributed over 87 million scriptures throughout the world. We are in over 200 countries, and that continues to grow. Because of this distribution, which shares the gospel of Jesus Christ, you can imagine the lives that are being changed. Today, I would like to share with you a video which serves as one of those examples of how the Gideon impacts the lives of people around the world. And like so many others, this testimony shows the impact of the work we do. I can stand up every day. So I think I've learned to depend on him for strength and for hope in a way that I've never had to before because this situation has emptied me of my own strength and my own abilities to hope. The Gideon's ministry has, has done more than, um, well, I mean, how can you say that guaranteeing your eternal salvation is not enough? That's, that's enormous. Um, but more than that, it began to build a foundation of building a life on God's Word and His love for me that I have been so thankful for for the last 27 years, um, especially the last few months. Going through something like this is is only possible with any kind of hope because God is real and he's merciful and he's faithful and he's trustworthy. There are so many testimonies like hers uh, that we get to hear and we uh, share these videos around the world with people to, to let you know that so many people go through many struggles. I mean, just it's enormous out there in the world. But it's when you hear testimonies like that, that you know that God is real and that we have hope that no matter what the struggle is, that God can bring us through it. We just need to rely and trust on him. So just to give you uh, our mission statement real quick, the uh, Giddings International is an association of Christian men and their wives dedicated to telling people about Jesus through associating together 
for services, sharing personal testimony, and by providing Bibles and New Testaments across the world. So why am I here today? First, we need your prayers so that we may continue to fulfill the calling of the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 16 through 20, in which Jesus commanded us to go out and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Second, we need your, your assistance in helping us to continue this charge that we have, and that can be done by making a do donation, a contribution to the organization. Third, you can help us by participating in what we call the Gideon's Card Pro Bible Program. This program provides millions of copies of God's Word to people around the world. It also provides a service to this, to the, this area, 10 strike area, Bemidji area, the surrounding areas. Um, what it does is it, it connects Christians to the single objectives of the Gideon's International, which is winning others to the Lord Jesus Christ. Finally, if you would like to make a contribution today towards the Gideon's effort, I, along with my wife, will be standing uh, at the door and we'll, you can make your donations, uh, do whatever you feel in your heart, um, and we'll be there also to answer any questions that you may have. Also, if you want to make, um, find out additional information about the Gideons, you can go to Gideons.org. Please go to Gideon.org. Do not go to Gideons.com because you won't find God there at all. Okay, so, um, so I just want to say thank you, Pastor, for having me here. Uh, thank you, everyone, for giving me this opportunity to speak. And uh, if you permit me, I'll just do a quick prayer for the country. Lord, uh, just want to say thank you once again, Lord. I can never thank you enough. We could never thank you enough. But we, you have done in our lives. Lord, sometimes we, we have many struggles that we go through, Lord, but we just need to understand that you are right there with us through these struggles. Lord, help us to lean on you, trust in you, and just rely on you, Lord. Help us to rely on your strength, not our own, Lord. Help, help us to just listen to that quiet voice of yours as we face these challenges every day, Lord. Help us just be the people that you want us to be, the people that you've designed us to be, Lord. May we continue to represent you as we go out and we face different people each day. Let you shine through us, not us be the, the, the face that people see, but your face that is on us that people see, Lord. And may they be drawn to you because of our actions and our words, Lord. Thank you for this church. Thank you for this congregation. Thank you for the mission of connecting with you, Lord. Thank you for their connection with the uh, people in this community. Thank you for the services that they are providing to this community, Lord. Thank you for everything that you do, Lord. All these things we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. So much Tyrone and checks there you can make out to the Gideons um, and they will be in the back at the close of the service and Vicki will have you come up we weren't sure if Vicki was going to be able to be here today because of things with her dad but it worked out that she is and uh, so glad to get that word that you're going to be sharing with us and uh, we also heard we got to know it's so, so precious the brother the body of Christ uh, like the Clarks we got to know a little bit this morning and and uh, introduced them to Adam and Vicky and wow did they ever connect because they were in in same lane they lived there for well Tyrone three years and Kim for two years and so Mm -hmm. There's that connection there, the body of Christ and what God is doing. And uh, so, <clears throat> hallelujah. Amen. Vicki, oh, you, you go got ahead. your mic there. Me. We'll let you go. Mm -hmm. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just thank you for your goodness. I thank you so much for Tyrone and Kim and for their faithfulness to plant your word. Lord, literally around in so many places, Lord. And Father, I ask, Lord, that you would anoint the words of my mouth, Lord, to minister all of our hearts. Father, that you would help me to speak the things you want me to speak. We just thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence here right now with us. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Well, when um, Pastor Steve asked um, Adam and I um, about the possibility of sharing and we began to pray about it, there was just like two things that the Lord um, started just to put in my heart that basically birthed the message I feel like he wants me to share today. And um, the first thing was from Hebrews 6.12, through faith and patience, we inherit the promises. And that just kept coming over and over again in my spirit. That's how we inherit the promises, through faith and patience. And the other thing was um, that um, actually I woke up one morning, I was just like so strong in my heart, and it was... Um, your heart is super, super powerful. And um, I've just, so what I'm going to share actually uh, is something that I need to hear all the time. I need people speaking to me. And so I've actually really enjoyed preparing this message and even going over it because it helps to get it deeper in my heart. Lately, I've been listening to um, podcast by a preacher in Canada named Leon Fontaine, and I've just been so encouraged. And one message in particular he shared was miracles, the process. I listened to it, I think, five times. <laughs> and so some of those things will be coming out in my message as I share, and I'm going to quote him a number of times. Well, a couple of years ago, I shared a message about how um, our hearts are... are um, like soil, and our heart grows whatever we plant in it. And that comes from the parable of the sower in Matthew 13, where Jesus said that. He said that our hearts, it was like our hearts is what they were sowing in. Um, actually, I wrote that scripture down in the back here. Um, it's not on a slide, but it's, it says that how the devil comes and he snatches away what was sown in the heart. And so it's clear from that that The soil speaks about our heart. And the things that we plant in our heart, I had shared, um, they create belief systems that affect everything in our life. And so I'm going to build on that today. In fact, the title of my message is, What Are You Planting? And specifically, what are you planting in your heart? What am I planting in my heart? Like I said, our hearts are super, super powerful, and it's just so amazing. It really will. It'll grow whatever we put into it. Listen to what the Word says about um, our hearts, and this is the first slide. Proverbs 4, 20 to 23. My son or my daughter, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them. Where do we keep them? in your heart. And that word keep means to hedge them about, to guard and protect them and attend to them, preserve them. And so why? For they are life to those who find them and health to a man's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. So it's pretty clear here that we're supposed to be guarding this precious thing that God has put within us that will, will grow basically anything we plant in it and to watch over it. What are we planting in it and what are we letting other people plant in it? Notice verse 23 says that from our hearts comes the wellspring of our life. Well, I looked that word up. It's really interesting. Um, in, the Hebrew, the, um, in the Hebrew dictionary, the word they used in English to, to define wellspring includes the word boundary. And so basically, what we plant in our hearts creates boundaries in our lives. Leon Fontaine, he said it this way. He said that he said those boundaries actually contain us. So I want to share an example that I just recently heard on his podcast. And um, it's dealing with our belief about um, wealth or poverty, basically God's provision. And he pointed out that a lot of us have grown up with a poverty mentality. And I think that's really true of our area around here. And even though we don't realize it, we really firmly believe in poverty. Poverty, And we've grown up hearing things like, oh, money doesn't grow on trees. Um, and we've been really had raised with the mindset even that, that poverty is next to godliness. And so all of our life, 
we might have heard, maybe not everyone, but I mean, I've certainly heard this, people complaining about rich people and how bad they are. And so our belief system about God's provision, that's going to create boundaries in our life. So um, he gave the example of like, if you believe that you're like worth a certain amount of money or that you should be able to earn a certain amount of money, you will usually, like if this is the bottom end of what you believe you're worth, at least that much, very rarely will you fall below earning less than that. And if you do, you'll usually bounce back to it. It's just a general thing in life. And if you believe then on the other end, if you believe it's wrong or it's unspiritual to earn over a certain amount of money on this end, you rarely go above that. You will usually stay within the boundaries of what your your belief system is about what you feel like you should have. And, um, and so, um, unless we change those beliefs, we'll usually stay in those parameters. So everything that we believe is gonna create a boundary. That's just an example. But every, things we believe about everything is gonna create boundaries in our life, whether it's good or bad, and it could be good. So the question is, um, and some of those boundaries are based on like, what do we believe about who we are in the Lord? What do we believe about the authority that God has given us here on this earth? What do we believe about the great commission that Jesus has given us to go and preach the gospel to every nation? What do we believe about health and healing? Um, About God's protection? What do we believe about God's provision of peace of mind in the midst of the storms of life. And this can go on and on and on. Our belief systems about all these things are going to basically contain us. So the beliefs in our heart, this is a a slide, um, the beliefs in our heart dictate how we respond to the things that happen to us, how we handle the situations that come our way. The beliefs in our hearts have a lot to do with what happens in our lives, both now and in the future. So a good question to ask ourselves is, what kind of boundaries have we created in our hearts that are not in line with the word of God? That's the thing we need to examine, right? And then the next question is, how can we change those boundaries so that we can experience the promises of God? The hugely good news is that we can change those boundaries. And how do we do it? We do it through the imperishable seed of God's word, which I thought it was so perfect. We got to share today about just really honoring God's word. Um, in, this is what Peter says. And so he said, I have been born again, not of perishable or corruptible seed, but of imperishable or incorruptible seed, right? through the living and enduring word of God. So there, it's clear that the word of God is that imperishable seed that he's talking about. And do you know what imperishable means? It means it's not subject to to decay. It won't deteriorate. It can't be destroyed. His word is actually indestructible. It's alive and it's unstoppable. That's just what makes me want to shout, you know? And we got something really powerful that God has given us. And that seed, it will grow. If we plant it in our heart, that seed will grow the miracle we need. It will grow the provision we need. It will grow the healing that we need. It will grow the peace of mind that we need. That seed will grow forgiveness in our heart, and it will grow love in our heart. And you know that the Bible says that faith works by love. So we certainly want love growing in our heart because the faith thing isn't even going to work unless it's because it operates. It's made active through love. So this whole book, oh, don't we love this book? This whole book, it's filled with powerful, amazing seeds all of the promises of God, and it will transform our life, and it can transform the life of every person that walks on the face of this globe. But that's only if we plant it. We got to plant it. We got to plant it in our heart. If we don't plant it, it won't grow. Hebrews 6:12. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who 
through faith and patience inherit what is promised. So inheriting the promises of God, just because we're believers, it doesn't automatically happen. According to God's word, we're exhorted not to be lazy. I know it even has the word stupid up there. But we're exhorted not to be lazy or sluggish, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what is promised. And that word faith in the Greek, it actually means being persuaded. I think he probably has a slide up there. It means to be persuaded. It means being convicted of the truth or the truthfulness of God. It means relying on Jesus for his saving power, and it means being constant in that profession of his truth. And so I want to just leave that slide up right now, Ben. Will I, will I, will I actually read another scripture, okay? And that's Romans 4, 19 to 21. And it says we're supposed to imitate, right, those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Well, Abraham is a beautiful example, and God had come to him and told him and Sarah that they were going to have a baby, and they were both like around 90, 100, or over, you know, and it's like, okay, how's that supposed to happen? So here was how Abraham responded. Without weakening in his faith, Abraham faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Since he was about 100 years old, and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. Listen to the next line. Being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. So, now you can put up the next slide. So, if we want to inherit what has been promised, the first step is getting our hearts persuaded. We got to get these hearts to be persuaded that what God says is really true and then stay constant in that profession. So the question is, well, how do we do that? How do we get our hearts persuaded? Well, we have to keep planting. And as we plant God's word in our hearts, our hearts, what our hearts will grow, what we plant in it, and that seed won't decay, it's unstoppable, it will grow. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So, how do we plant that imperishable seed? We read it, we study it, but we go farther than that. We meditate on it, we ponder it, we declare it. Meditating actually is super important. That's the part of just pondering it and mulling it over in your mind and, and thinking about it and visualizing it. God gave us the ability to visualize things. I just want to, I want to take um, just a moment to share two testimonies um, about a time that we really, times we really had to hold on to God's word. It was a matter of, well, in some cases, life and death, I believe. Um, and one of those was um, when I, we really had to visualize and see God's healing in Stefan's kidney. When he was five years old, the doctors told us that his right kidney was irreversibly scarred and functional and, and non-functional, basically. Basically non-functional. And they told us, they, they recommended we get it removed as soon as we could. Well, as we prayed about that, we just didn't have peace. There, it, we just didn't have peace. You know, you hear the scary reports, and you feel that pressure to do certain things, but you have to follow that peace in your heart. And so we began the journey, a six-year journey, of just confessing God's word over Stefan's kidney and believing that, well, Lord, we just believe you're going to heal him. We believe it's your, your will. And we started getting, I started this little, I started this little book. It says Stefan on it. And in this book, I have a ton of scriptures, and I remember in Pastor Dean's healing class, you know, just being encouraged, different prophetic things that came, and I wrote those down. I wrote down prayers, you know, songs God gave us. This is a way um, the Holy Spirit uses to help me meditate, is to write, write things down and then meditate, look at them and meditate on them that way. And so anyways, we couldn't see what was happening in Stefan's kidney, and, but we just kept 
speaking God's word over him, and um, we had to fight fears. I won't say that we didn't have to fight fear. We definitely had to fight fears. But every night, I would go into Stefan's room, usually after he was sleeping, and just lay my hands on his tummy and just declare that Jesus was a healer of his kidney. And I, I would speak to his kidney. I would tell that kidney, you be soft and pliable and functioning perfectly. And I just thanked the Lord every night for removing that scarring. And um, I would just visualize. I figured if God had Abraham visualize all the stars to give him faith for something, you know that it was just fine to visualize his kidney whole and healthy. And so... Um, we did that. Um, in April of 2011, which was six years later, we had a follow-up with a specialist, and the doctor was totally amazed. Um, the ultrasound showed that his kidney had no scarring, so that irreversible scarring was gone. Um, the kidney was smaller than the others, but it was functioning totally normally, and there was no sign of any fluid retention or any of the other things that they were concerned about. And he's like, well, you know, it's a pretty good thing we didn't take that kidney out. So anyways, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and so, amen. <laughs> um, and so another time, we just had to keep planting God's word for healing was during my pregnancy with Josiah, the young man back there in the sound booth, okay? Two doctors suggested that I... Um, I abort him to save my life. They said I could die from cancer, I could die from bleeding to death, and I could die from heart failure if I continued with the pregnancy. And of course, that wasn't an option for us. Um, and so again, we just had to hold on to the word. I had a whole stack. I also write tons of scriptures on index cards. You can ask Adam, I have index cards all over the place with scriptures on them. But anyways, this is my food. I gotta do it, you know, because I have fought with fear, you know, in different seasons of my life in different intensities, and I just have to keep the word there because that's the only way I can deal with it. So um, anyways, I would keep, I was in bed rest almost my whole pregnancy, which only lasted six months in this case. But um, I, kept those, I kept those scriptures on my heart, and I would just meditate on them and mull them over and over in my mind. And, you know, as we had to fight off negative reports, you know, I was, oh, goodness, I was into the doctors at least once a week, you know. And um, I'm just so thankful. I'm so thankful for the Word of God. Um, here's my little Josiah book. Okay, same thing, filled with scriptures that just standing on, believing the Lord for his healing. Um, and as you um, all know, Josiah is a healthy 18-year-old, and he was born three months early, and you all walked through, I mean, many of you walked through that time with us and praying for us, and we are so incredibly grateful. Um, so we really need to pay attention to what we're planting in our heart and what we're visualizing because what we plant, this is my next slide, what we plant is what will grow, okay? <laughs> and so we need to mull over in our minds the word of God, not the negative or fearful thoughts that the enemy tries to plant in our hearts and certainly not negative medical reports. We can't make those our meditation. We really can't because God's word is higher. Um, I have just recently been reading this book, The Prophetic and Healing Power of Your Words by Becky Dvorak. I'm not quite done with it yet, but it's just really, I'm just really learning a lot of things as I'm reading it, and it's really encouraging to me. So I just want to share with you some of the things that she wrote because it's right along this lines. So in explaining what it is to confess God's word, here's what she said. She said, confession is to speak the same thing or to agree. It is vital to choose to say the same thing God says with your confession. Now, you can't say the same thing unless you know what it is, right? So we got to be meditating on his word to know what it is. So instead of cursing your body, with negative medical reports, confess God's truth over your body. If you will be consistent with your confession of faith for healing, you will eventually see the manifestation of your healing come to pass. 
So it's like it just grows until it happens. That's not very stressful or, you know, sometimes we get this idea that we got to work something up, I got to have faith. But really what we need to do is just keep planting because it will just grow until our hearts become convinced and persuaded and then it will happen. Um, so instead, next slide, instead of confessing the negative facts, and I want to point out facts, about Satan's attacks, contest the po- confess the powerful truths of God's healing promises over yourself and allow the healing to take root within you so that the manifestation can come to fruition. Doesn't that sound what I've just been talking about? It's like she's talking about growing the word in your heart, right? So, um, and note that God's truth supersedes. It's higher than the facts. I think that's something really important for us to remember because we may say, oh yeah, well, it's a fact. Yes, um, it's also, gravity is also a fact, you know, but you can still fly. It's because the, whatever you call it, the law of flight is higher than the law of gravity, right? And so in the same way, God's truth supersedes the facts. Um, And listen to what Abraham said. Now, you can see the scripture I read earlier. Without weakening in his faith, Abraham faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God. But he was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. So there again, you see, they were looking, I mean, if you were to look at the fact of being that old and having a baby, it's like, I don't think so. You know, but God's truth supersedes the fact, and they believed God, and it came about. Um, so the, um, the last quote uh, I want to read from, from Becky Dvork is, um, line up your words with God's vocabulary and say what he says, and the power of your faith-filled confession will override Satan and his wicked works that he's employed against you. Amen? So I have one more quote that I want to read to you, and I actually don't know where I got this. I wrote it on a little card, and it's stuck to my cupboard door. Faith refuses to see. That's visualizing, right? It refuses to see anything contrary to what God's word says. If God says it already has been taken care of, faith refuses to entertain any other thought but that it is done. And that has to do with our meditation, right? And so um, about a year ago when we were kind of facing uh, some hard things, um, the Lord just put this into my spirit. In fact, I wrote it down in one of these little books. When we agree with God's word, all of heaven is on our side. Isn't that, isn't that something? You know, no matter what anything else looks like, all of heaven is on our side when we're agreeing with God's word. So the question again is, what are we planting in our hearts? Are we planting the truth of God's word or the lies of the enemy? You know, we have had things planted in our heart from the time we were little, and some we had no control over. Uh, our belief systems, they say, you know, are probably pretty much in place by the time we're about five years old. You know, what your parents are teaching you, what you watch on TV, the things that happen to you, all those things that have been planted in you. And we continue, though, to plant in our hearts every single day through what we read, through what we watch, through what we're hearing, and interesting, very much so by what we speak out of our mouths. We are planting by what we speak. And so I just want to stop a moment and, and talk about the words that come out of our mouth. Um, the devil tries to convince us that our words don't matter. It's like, what's the big deal, you know? It's just words. But they do matter. Um, listen to what Proverbs 18.21 says. Sounds like they matter a lot. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Okay? And then Proverbs 15.28 says, The heart of the righteous studies, it weighs, it ponders how to speak or respond. Well, if the heart of the righteous were the righteous, right? So we, I mean, I take this as we really should be carefully considering the words that come out of our mouth. 
but the mouth of the wicked gushes out evil. And look at one of the descriptions of what it, this is what I found in the Hebrew um, describing in English. One of the things that that means is to emit a foul odor. (laughs) It's like, wow, does that leave an image in my mind? You know, I don't want the words I say to be emitting a foul odor. That's hard to say fast, by the way. Try it. Not right now. So on on the other hand, Um, they can minister life. Proverbs 16, 24 says, pleasant words are a honeycomb. They're sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. And Mark 11, 22 to 24, listen to how much what we say, what we believe has to do with what happens in our life. Have faith, and again, that's that word persuasion, um, Have faith in God, Jesus answered. I tell you the truth, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And we could spend a whole... We could spend a whole sermon just on this verse. But there's just those two things I want to point out. One is the relation between what comes out of our mouth and faith, right? And secondly is that notice when the person becomes persuaded, they receive it, right? And so Jesus says the person who does not doubt in his heart but believes what he says that it will happen, it will be done for him. And that can only happen from planting God's word in your heart because faith comes from hearing the word, right? So um, a harvest is going to come, all right? We will get a harvest from the seeds that either we plant or we allow other people to plant in our hearts. So um, I think we really need to take note that we can't plant one thing and expect something else to come up, right? And so an example that Leon Fontaine used that I thought was great, because <laughs> it really gives you a good picture. Can you imagine a farmer going out in the field with his combine to try to bring in a harvest when he hadn't planted any seeds? I mean, that we look at this, that is like super foolish, you know? But how many times do we do the same thing? We're expecting to harvest something that we haven't planted. And going back to the example when we were talking about just the whole thing with poverty, if we are continually planting seeds of poverty in our hearts through our confessions and attitudes and the words of our mouth and judging others um, who have an abundance, um, we're planting the opposite thing if we're looking for God's provision, right? And so if we have done this, what do we do? I mean, we all have made mistakes. We all have got belief systems that need to be turned around. We may be right in line with one belief system, but totally out of line with another belief system. That's why you can see people just really doing great in one area of their life, and they get hit with something else, and it's really a challenge because they've got this belief system that basically is containing them and keeping them from being able to receive God's promises in that area. So what do we do? Instead um, of, we just, we need to repent. We need to repent of those words and confessions that don't line up with God's word. And instead, start finding out what the word of God says about provision. And start planting that instead. Let the Holy Spirit renew our mind so that we'll have plenty so that we can give. Okay? That's God's purpose for giving us an abundance. And abundance. And then over time, our hearts will become persuaded of the truth, and we're going to reap a harvest of God's provision. So much so that according to 2 Corinthians 9:11, it says we there's no slide on this one. It says we will be made rich in every way, so that, so this is the purpose of being made rich in every way, in every way, mind you, so that we can be generous on every occasion. And through us, our generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. So you see how our minds, as we begin to meditate in the word, the more we meditate, the more we plant, it's going to change our belief systems. And over time, our hearts will become persuaded. And that's where the patience part comes in of Hebrews 6.12. It 
It says, through, we imitate those who, sorry, we imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what is promised. So remember um, earlier, we were saying that the first step in inheriting the promises of God is faith, getting our heart persuaded that what God says is true, right? And then staying constant in that. Well, the second thing to inheriting those promises is patience. And patience, um, the Greek, they use these English words to describe the Greek word, longanimity, forbearance, or fortitude. And in the dictionary, I looked those up. They mean patient endurance of hardship or injuries, good-natured tolerance of delay, the the capacity to endure hardship or inconvenience without complaint, quiet and steady perseverance, strength and firmness of mind. So when you plant a seed, you have to be patient, right? It's not immediate. You usually have to give time for it to grow a little bit. And so you have to wait for it to grow, and as it grows, it will persuade your heart of the truth. And then the miracle you need will simply grow in your heart until it happens. So to me, that's really encouraging because that makes faith a whole lot more normal and natural than we sometimes think. It's, it's not like it's magic. Um, God has given us everything we need. He's given us the soil, our hearts, and he's given us the seed that we can plant in our hearts. So, you know, another, I think, attitude that we might have is that, oh, whatever happens is God's will. Hmm. But actually, God lets us make our own decisions. He doesn't force things on us. And you know what? He doesn't force us to plant his word in our heart. We've got to do that either through what we read, through what we listen to. We've got to do it. He's, he's not going to do that for us. Um, it's our responsibility. So if we don't plan it, it won't grow. I love this thought that I have a quote up here next um, that Leon Fontaine shared. He said, you have an autopilot. It is your heart. What you are meditating on every day is programming the autopilot on the inside of you. I mean, that's, some, I, that's, I think, a good thing just to ponder. So we're programming that autopilot of our heart, and that's our default. That's what we're going to do. You know, that was those belief systems that are planted in our heart, that's our default. That's what we're going to do um, just basically automatically. Um, so um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm winding down here now just so in case you're wondering. <laughs> Um, um, God has given us amazing, powerful hearts that's going to grow whatever we plant in it. He's given us his indestructible seed to plant, and nothing can stop it. It will literally change our lives. And, I mean, here's some of my seeds. Here's some of my other seeds. Here's this booklet says Vicky on it. Okay, these are some of my confessions over myself. This one says Adam on it. Some of my confessions over Adam. This one says faith. Lots of scriptures about faith. This one says fear not. That's a particular area I've had to really work on and continue to work on. And this one says, God's word, God's medicine, okay? And so those are just some of, this is some of the way I work at keeping that word planted in my heart. Um, And so my encouragement to all of us is to keep on planting God's word and guard it from the junk that the enemy would want us to plant in it because it's a wellspring of life. And we will get a harvest as we commune with him over his word and we meditate on it and we ponder it. We're going to come to understand principles of how the kingdom of God works. And those unstoppable seeds of his word, as they go deep in our heart, they're going to begin to change our belief systems and bring them into alignment with the word of God. To me, that's so encouraging. It's doable. No matter where we're at, we can all do that. So let's let his word grow the promises in our heart. Let it grow the peace of mind in our hearts, the healing in our hearts, because through faith and patience, we inherit the promise. 
And um, since I had another whole week to work on my sermon, of course, there was a couple more scriptures that came to mind. <laughs> and so I want to read you one more scripture because this was just when I was up in the middle of the night um, this past week. Um, Mark 4, 26 to 29. And this is, um, this is my last scripture. This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. That's our hearts, right? It stands for our hearts. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows. The seed is powerful. It's indestructible. Though he does not know how, all by itself, the soil produces grain. That shows you how powerful our hearts are. First the stalk comes up, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. So Lord, we just thank you that your word, you've given us your word. Oh Lord, we are so incredibly thankful, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for making us um, able to grow your word in, right inside of us in our spirits, in our hearts, Lord. And Father, I just ask for all of us, Lord, that you will, your amazing grace will just help us to continually be bringing um, the beliefs in our heart in alignment with what your truth says. And Lord, that we really will believe you. We really will trust you, Lord. And that's my... My request for myself, Lord, and for all of us here in the body of Christ, in the name of Jesus. Amen. <laughs> okay, God is good. Amen. Feast. Mm. We've had a spiritual food feast this morning here. And uh, the thing is to continue to to do that. You know, consistency, there is great power in that, in consistency. Mm -hmm. Amen. Continuing to do it. And um, this message will have the notes uh, on the, our web page, or not our Facebook page. We'll put them up. And uh, also the, the audio of it will have that you can listen to it again. Vicki mentioned she listened five times, I think to the Fontaine series. And sometimes you need to do that to just keep, faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing. You know, getting that word in us. So we talked about distributing the word as the clerks were sharing with us and, and now what to do with the word, planting it in our hearts. And we're gonna have an opportunity now to be, to give, to plant an offering, financial offering and we're going to have the clerks go back. In fact, we'll have you go there right now so you're there ahead of us. Again, checks would be made out to the Gideons. And um, praise God. God bless you all. Let's keep planting that good seed. Amen. Amen.